Hello, I'm Heat. And I'm Rocket Kid. And this is Ordinary Chaos. A podcast about ordinary life. Because you don't have to be famous to be interesting. What's normal for me might be unusual for me. Let's do this! And I am here with Rocket Kid. I am Rocket Kid. <laughs> Rocket Kid is going to live up to his name in, in one aspect today because there was a rocket launch. A few weeks ago. Yeah! Blue Origin! Go Blue Origin! Blue Origin launched. And many of us have adult opinions about the existence of that launch. But that's not what we're here for today. We are here today to talk to Rocket Kid about... His thoughts on a few opinions that I saw floating around. So, Rocket Kid, my first question for you is, some people have said that we shouldn't say that they went to space because they didn't make it out of the atmosphere. And I'm curious what your take is on where the atmosphere ends and where space begins and all that kind of thing. I think it is correct and discorrect to say that Blue Origin and... Some of the other companies have not gone out of the atmosphere because technically the Kármán line, the boundary of what most scientists and other people call the boundary between the atmosphere and space, is around um, 80 kilometers into the air. That's 60 miles. And um, so technically the atmosphere goes beyond that like there's gases beyond the carmen line like the ozone layer for example is beyond the carmen line okay and so i think it's right and wrong because there is gases up there but everyone doesn't talk about them that much and we've said that like the carmen line is the boundary and some people are arguing that the carmen line should be lower I don't know if it should be lower or higher. Like, I really don't have many opinions on that. I just like to see rockets launch. <laughs> Hence my name. And, um, and so, like, I think it's right and wrong. So, do you think Blue Origin went to space? I think they did-ish. Because, um, the rocket itself, the booster, didn't actually go to space. But everyone inside the capsule did. So the people inside the capsule, the astronauts, we're going to get to that in a second, um, did go to space, but the actual rocket itself didn't. And the rocket landed itself, which is awesome. Uh, That has nothing to do with this. But, yes, they did go above the Kármán line. And so I think they technically did go out of the atmosphere, but if we're following the law of where the gases end, technically the men that have gone to the moon are the only people that have actually gone to quote-unquote space. Because the ISS is still within that boundary? Yes, the ISS is just above the ozone layer in low Earth orbit, or LEO. And there's also high Earth orbit, which is like a few hundred miles Um lower than the orbit of the moon. Interesting. Yes, very interesting. So speaking of astronauts, yeah. I saw some people arguing that these space tourists, the people who went 
are more space tourists than astronauts and that we shouldn't call anyone who happens to go to space an astronaut because it takes away from the title of astronaut and all the work that astronauts who do it for a living do. What do you think about that? I agree with that 100%. Like, I think they are more space tourists than astronauts because astronauts get three years of training. Those space tourists just have a lot of money and just bought a seat to see the views and maybe get a few cool pictures. But, like, that's pretty much it. And maybe to feel weightlessness. Uh, probably that, too. And, uh, So, I don't think they should be called them astronauts because of what you said. Like, it doesn't qualify for all the training. Now, Virgin Galactic, another company that's doing this, um, White Knight 2 rocket plane? No. Spaceship 3 is the rocket plane. I got this out. The White Knight 2 plane that launches Spaceship 3, which is going to be the tourist rocket plane, um, has extra seats in it. So, maybe they could train people a little bit in those seats. So, I guess those people would be called, um, they would be, they would have a little bit of training. So, I guess they would be, like, quarter-ish astronauts. <laughs> yeah. So that's my take on that. So did anyone on the Blue Origin rocket know how to drive the rocket? No. I don't think so, at least. Um, so the rocket itself has no manual controls like if something goes wrong in the uh, autopilot which is the only feature it has to drive itself i guess drive isn't really the right word for this fly itself (laughs) (laughs) um ground control the really the only control ground control has over the rocket is they can override the flight control systems and abort the rocket and that's it like that's how much control actual humans have over the vehicle so no no one inside i don't think at least knows how to drive it because there really isn't a way to drive it without being the person coding it and if or people if if this was a normal or typical space launch with NASA astronauts in it, for example. Would all of the people on the ship know how to run it? Yes, but generally, I I think they would. Like, if something went wrong, I think they would know how to fix it. At least for the time being until they abort. Like, like ground control, no, yada, 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 all that stuff. I think they might know because, like, like I said, astronauts get three years of training. So, I think if something minor went wrong, they might be able to fix it. But if something major went wrong, ground control is the only person who can figure that out. In both cases? Yes. Got it. Well, not necessarily, like, something minor, like, I don't know. I don't know. Something minor. I don't know what that would be. Okay. Um, went wrong, the astronauts on board might be able to fix it. 
But if it was something major like communications go down, they start to veer off course, only ground control can fix them. In both cases. In both cases. Okay. And, um, Virgin Galactic, the company I was talking about yeah. before, um, their Spaceship 3 does not have an autopilot system. Like, So they'll have at least one astronaut on there to drive. Two. Okay. The pilot, the co-pilot, the commander, and the engineer. That's four. That's four. But two people are... There's only two people driving it. Got it. So, um... Yeah, so that, um... That system, like... They have complete control over the vehicle. Like, if something goes wrong... And it's, like... In, like, power distribution or something like that... They can flip switches, press buttons... Tap touch screens... Um... And fix it. So their rocket is more like a traditional rocket. Um... Kind of. Most rockets have an autopilot system. Like, the only rocket I can think of off the top of my head that doesn't is, um, well, Spaceship 3. And, um, New Shepard. No, not New Shepard, sorry. Um, John Glant. No, sorry. Alan Shepard's rocket, the Redstone. It's technically a missile. The Redstone, um, uh, Alan Shepard piloted that himself, but essentially all he had to do was go straight up. So, like, he kept his hands on the controls just in case something went wrong, but he really didn't have to do anything. Mostly just the engine just did all the work because it was just pushing it up. So, like, if he started to veer off course one way, he would gimbal the engine. And the gimbal is essentially when the engine moves in one direction to the other way so that it would balance it out and keep going up. He also didn't have any control over it for re-entry. So, like, if he came down, he was going down in the direction he was going. Like, he had no control. Interesting. He also couldn't see anything. (laughs) That that's something totally different. Okay. Well, thanks for all of that. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to see more rocket launches. Yeah! And have more to say about rocket launches as yeah. time goes on. Yeah, and can I tell you something cool about those touch screens? Sure. A SpaceX's Dragon 2, which I'm sure some of you listening have seen the launch, Bob and Doug, um has touch screens too like there's no knobs or buttons it's just touch screens and bob and doug when they cut down to the ground they said (laughs) they said that um it felt like flying a giant ipad (laughs) because there was just touch screens and so were their spacesuits specially made so that they could touch the touch screens yes that would be annoying to have to take your astronaut suit off to use the controls uh, they're not allowed to do that. I was being silly. I, I, I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> uh, would you like, would you like a portable bathtub? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, we have shifted gears. The conversation has taken a turn. <laughs> a portable bathtub? A portable bathtub. I can't think of why I would need a portable bathtub. 
if you're smelly and you can just take it wherever you go. How is it going to have water and soap? Ask the people who invented it in 1904 St. Louis World's Fair. A portable bathtub. A portable bathtub. Okay. And if you want, here's where things really take a turn. You can add a cookie dispenser instead of plumbing. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the dramatic pause. <laughs> okay, let me tell you how that a works. dramatic pause? Or is it an incredulous pause? What's incredulous? Or is it a... I don't want a grammar lesson. <laughs> what the heck is going on pause? I think it's a what the heck is going on pause. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if for the cookie one, <laughs> if you take, like, a jar of cookies, not a cookie jar, a jar of cookies, two completely separate things. Did I just say separate things? <laughs> so, two completely separate things. Attached it on instead of the water supply, and you turn the handle, there would be a strong fan at the top of the jar, okay, and holes in the jar. Don't know how you do that, but you will. Um, and so the fan would blow when you turned it on, and so when you turn the faucet, the fan would force the cookies down, down through the bottom of the jar, through the pipe, which, by the way, has been cleaned. That's good, at least. And then out the faucet, which has also been cleaned. And then, if you don't eat them all, <laughs> they all go down the drain, where another powerful fan blows them back up into the jar. So, you have recycled cookies. Y- yes. And who stocks the cookies? Where do the cookies come from? Um. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of laughing in this episode. <laughs> I don't know, like where do they, where do you think the cookies come from? Mama cookies and daddy cookies? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mom, you're killing me. <laughs> Why? Because uh, you're um marginally funny. <laughs> Marginally funny. Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, um, you saw a meme, and I was like sitting and watching over your shoulder. I do that <laughs> <No>. a lot. <laughs> um, and, and so it was some, it was a picture of grass with Stonehenge made of butter. And it's, and on top, <laughs> you know what's going, don't you? Yes. And on top it said, this is marginally funny. And down below it said, it's Stonehenge. No, it's butter. I can't, it's butter. No, it's Stonehenge. I can't believe it's not butter. And then on the bottom, and then on the bottom, there was a picture of, um, a stick of margarine. <laughs> that, that was, that was, that was funny. <laughs> Like, we haven't seen that meme in a really long time. So? <laughs> we haven't seen the meme in a really long time. I remember. Marginally funny. Marginally funny. <laughs> Marginally funny. <laughs> um, here and where we live in Arizona, we have a theater in Phoenix called the Herberger Theater. <laughs> 
mom knows what's coming. <laughs> and so, and so the Herberger, oh, that's a fun word. Uh, I just imagine like in a cartoon or comic strip, probably more likely in a comic strip than a cartoon. Um, someone says, let's go to the Herberger. You mean the Herberger Gurger? <laughs> no, I mean I mean the Herberger. Oh, let's get some hamburgers. No, Herberger. It's a hamburger for her? No, the Herberger. Oh, the Herberger Gurger. <laughs> <laughs> million miles an hour, your brain, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm running out of brain coolant. <laughs> I use that term a lot. You do. Your brain going to overheat. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. That would be uncomfortable. Yes, it would. Steam comes out of your ears. And there's the little funnel, like right above my ear for the brain coolant. (laughs) (laughs) You know what my brain coolant is? No. Our dogs. We have two adorable chihuahua mixes. And they cool off your brain? You make no sense. <laughs> I like it that way. I think your brain coolant is the trampoline. Boing, 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 hamburger, boing, 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 herburger, boing, 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 I love you, microphone. Okay. And, um, and we made up a song for the doggies. Doggy, doggy, little doggy, you're a little doggy, 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 doggy. <laughs> One of our doggies is in the room right now in his kennel. Yep, he's nice and quiet so he can stay. Yeah. Hi, Bernie. Our dogs are Bernie and Gus Gus. They're five and seven pounders. They're teeny tiny. I think that is all for this episode. That was a very productive-ish episode. The beginning was. Yeah. And then it flopped. I don't know if it flopped as much as it took... A train wreck. A very strange turn. I think our conversations always take a strange turn. You have said that before and we'll probably keep saying it forever. Yeah! All right. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you all next time. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Our editor is Heat G Check. Co-editor Rocket Kid. Produced by Heat G Check. To learn more about me, Heat, or more about this podcast, go to OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com. Sound design and recording by Keith Kelly. You can learn more about Keith and his work at www.KeithBKelly.com. Cobrain Storm by Rocket Kid and Cat Girl. Ordinary Chaos is an ad-free podcast. Because ads are annoying. To support the podcast, go to OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening! listening. <laughs> <laughs>